If you really want to appreciate Pink Floyd's track Shine On You, Crazy Diamond, it's best to have it on vinyl. The sounds of the synthesizers burst through the crackle on the record as the guitars and drums set a heavy rolling rhythm. Today we shall explore how MIDI gave music makers a whole new realm of creative possibility. It made for a huge era-defining sound. It's been 30 years since the development of the technology that allowed synthesizers and drum machines to be connected to computers. And since then, the MIDI has revolutionized the world of music recording. Despite the awesome creativity of the music, the sound portrays a major limitation to the way electronic musical instruments were controlled at the time. What Kakashi and Smith did next would transform the way recording studios worked and create a revolution in music and recording production. He persuaded manufacturers to adopt a common format which allowed their synthesizers to be controlled externally by another keyboard potentially made by a rival manufacturer or even by a computer. It was called Musical Instrumental Digital Interface or MIDI in short, and would soon become the industry standard for connecting different makes of synthesizers, drum machines, samplers, and computers. MIDI's appeal was originally limited to professional musicians and record producers who wanted to use electronic instruments in the production of popular music. The standard allowed different instruments to communicate with each other and with computers, and this spurred a rapid expansion of the sales and production of electronic instruments and music softwares. In fact, the MIDI protocol has become the dominant method of connecting pieces of electronic music equipment. When you consider the previous standard, you have to say that the MIDI arrived just at the right time. The control voltage, or CV, and gate trigger system used on early analog synths were severely limited in its scope and flexibility. Analog synths tended to have a few features that could be controlled remotely, relying as they did on physical knobs, sliders, patch cables, and manual programming. Furthermore, there was no universal standard for the way CV control should work, complicating the process when interfacing between products from different manufacturers. The majority of vintage CV-controlled synths can now be adapted with a CV to MIDI converter, so you can use the MIDI to control them. Dave Smith, founder of Californian synth legend Sequential Circuits and now head of Dave Smith's Instruments, anticipated the demand for a more powerful universal protocol and developed the first version of the MIDI standard, which was released in 1983. With the increasing complexity of synths and as the music industry shifted towards digital technology and computer-based studios, the MIDI setup took off and became the standard for connecting equipment. Absolutely no sound is sent via MIDI just digital signals known as event messengers, which instruct pieces of equipment. The most basic example of this can be illustrated by considering a controller keyboard and a sound module. When you push a key on the keyboard, 
The controller sends an event message which corresponds to the pitch and tells the sound module to start playing the note. When you let go of the key, the controller sends the message to stop playing the note. Of course, the MIDI protocol allows for the control over more than just when a note should be played. Essentially, a message is sent each time some variable changes, whether it be a note on or off, velocity, aftertouch, pitch bend, pan, modulation, volume, or any other MIDI controllable function. The protocol supports a total of 128 notes, 16 channels, and 128 programs. MIDI signals also include built-in clock pulses, which define the tempo of the track and allow basic timing synchronization between equipment. The other major piece of the jigsaw is the SysX, or System Executive message, designed so that manufacturers could utilize MIDI to control features specific to their own equipment. In order to control a SysX function, a manufacturer's specific ID code is sent. Equipment which isn't set up to recognize that particular code will ignore the rest of the message, while devices that do recognize it will continue to listen. SysX messages are usually used for tasks such as loading custom patches and are particularly recorded into a sequencer using a SysX dump feature on each equipment. MIDI information was originally sent over a screened twisted pair cable, terminated with 5-pin DIN plugs. However, this format has been superseded to some extent by USB connections, as we'll discuss later. No waves or varying voltages are transmitted since MIDI data is sent digitally, meaning that the signal pins either carry a voltage or none at all, corresponding to their binary logical values of 1 and 0. These binary digits, or bits, are combined into 8-bit messages. The protocol supports data rates of up to 31,250 bits per second. Each MIDI connection sends information in one direction only, meaning two cables are needed if a device is used to both send and receive data. Well, unless you're working over USB, that is. In addition to the expected in and out connections, most MIDI devices have a through port. This simply repeats the signal received at the in port so it can be sent to other devices further down the chain. Devices may be connected in series, and for the largest MIDI setups, an interface with multiple output ports may be used to control more than 16 separate chained devices. The key feature of MIDI when it was launched was its efficiency. It allowed relatively significant amount of information to be transmitted using only small amounts of data. Given the limitations of the early 80s digital transmission methods, this was essential to ensure that the reproduction of musical timing was sufficiently accurate. We're gonna take a break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be back to talk more about the MIDI controller. Hold up, you guys haven't had a Vilma Shati? Uh, 
check out myself and Chacha as we dive into news and games coming out of the footballing world. You can catch our episodes on Mondays at 12 p.m. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or virtually anywhere. And like we always say, once a shati, always a shati. Now, before you continue listening to your very interesting podcast, how about you listen to a little bit of this? It's not like we go to Pornhub looking for some sort of political correctness. A little bit of this. I don't think I'd have a problem if I was 19 and I went for someone who's like 30. Provided that I liked the experience. Maybe a dash of this too. A 70 year old man over the weekend chopped his dick off. I know it it doesn't sound like anything new and you know people do that from time to time but yes he chopped his dick off. Now you get this and more when you listen to the Break Time on Westside podcast hosted by me Sir Denver B where we discuss matters love, sex and relationships with new episodes coming every Tuesday and Friday at 9am on your favorite podcast platforms be it Apple, be it Spotify, be it Google, I am there. So just go and search for Break Time on Westside and continue enjoying this podcast because I expect to catch you on the next break. Manufacturers quickly adopted MIDI and its popularity was cemented by the arrival of MIDI-compatible computer hardware. As a weakness or potential extra features were identified, the MIDI Manufacturers Association updated the standard regularly following its first publication. The most notable updates were from the Roland MT32, the General MIDI and the GM2 and the Yamaha XG added further features or standards generally without making previous ones obsolete. It's questionable just how relevant the majority of these standards are to digital musicians and producers, since most of them relate in large part to standardizing the playback of music distributed in MIDI format. Unless you intend to distribute your music in MIDI files, most of them probably won't affect you. The most common criticism of MIDI protocol relate to timing issues. Although MIDI was efficient by the standards of the early 80s, it is still undeniably flawed to some extent. There is some degree of jitter presented in the MIDI, resulting in disassembling sloppiness in recording and playback. Perhaps even more obvious to us is latency and delay between triggering a function such as a sound via MIDI and the function being carried out. The more information sent via MIDI, the more latency is created. It may only be in the order of milliseconds, but it's enough to become noticeable to the listener. Even the more problematic is the fact that most of us use MIDI in a computer-based studio and each link in the MIDI and audio chain could potentially add to the latency. This either could be due to software or hardware and the result is a sloppy timing. The blame cannot be laid entirely at the door of MIDI, but the weaknesses of multiple pieces of MIDI equipment combined with the other sources of timing error that can have significant detrimental effect on the end result. Most new MIDI equipments is supplied not only with traditional 5-pin DIN connections but with the standard type A or B USB ports that allow direct connection to your computer. However, USB is not the solution to all your MIDI timing problems. 
Despite the higher data transfer rates possible over USB, latency is actually higher than over a standard DIN-based MIDI connection. Furthermore, jitter is significantly higher when using MIDI over USB, leading to unpredictable inaccuracies in timing. It's clear that while MIDI has been massively important to the development of music technology over the last 25 years, it does come with a few major weaknesses. One heavily researched alternative, the Zeta Instrument Processor Interface Protocol, proposed in the mid-90s, failed to gain support from the manufacturers and never saw commercial release. However, the same development team helped to develop the Open Sound Control, or OCS, protocol, used by the likes of Native Instruments, Reactor and Tractor, and the Max MSP and Super Collider development environments. This is a much higher bandwidth system, which overcomes many of the timing issues of MIDI, most notably by transmitting information with built-in timing messages as quickly as possible through high bandwidth connections, rather than relying on real-time event messages used by MIDI devices, which just assume that timing is correct and respond to each message as soon as it's received. One significant barrier to the development of a universal protocol for contemporary music equipment is that there is so much variation between equipment. With so many different synthesis methods, programming systems, levels of user control, and forms of sound manipulation available on different pieces of gear, it's unlikely that any universal system for their control is possible. However, as computer processing and interfacing technologies have developed so rapidly since the early 80s, Perhaps the solution lies not with updating or replacing MIDI, but rather with placing greater onus on manufacturers and software developers to come up with their own powerful proprietary DAW-based control system operating via existing USB, fireware, or even through Ethernet connections or wirelessly. If you enjoyed this episode of Sound Nation, please feel free to comment and subscribe to the show. You can find me at ChachaPaul underscore on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or you can find our shows listed on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kenyan Public Radio on Facebook and Instagram or at Radio KPR on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and let's build the Sound Nation. Mm-hmm.